0: We're not live live.
1: (laughs) Well, we ain't dead. Well,
0: we ain't dead yet. We're half live.
1: And you don't have laser eyes. And I trust that (laughs) George does have pants on.
0: I was just saying that I had a moment of uh, sheer panic that I didn't know if I put... I, went, I started out wondering what pants I put on my child this morning, and then I couldn't then, remember if, if put I pants. put pants on him at all.
1: I'm pretty sure that when but you now I'm confident got him, that him to I the preschool, they would have noticed. That.
0: It's a little cold for no pants. They,
1: they might have said, hey, do you know your child has no pants?
0: We have a pants policy here. Do you know the
1: emperor has no clothes?
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say The Emperor's New Groove or something like that. That's a movie I can sit here and quote all day long. Um, so if you you threw off my groove. That, you want my groove.
1: I'm sorry. Why do we even Emperor's have groove. that lever? That is a brilliant, a brilliant movie. Funniest movie David Spade has ever been involved in at any point ever. And
0: the highlight of Eartha and and Kitt's career.
1: That's, which is a pretty illustrious career. R.I.P. Eartha Kitt. And for sure, the funniest Disney movie ever. And super period. underrated. Yeah,
0: yeah, I won't say the most underrated. I'm not saying
1: it's the greatest movie. It is the funniest. It just absolutely slays me.
0: The one-liners
1: oh, are brilliant. fabulous. Brilliant stuff.
0: The most underrated Disney movie, however, what do you think it is?
1: Um, I feel put on the spot, and Good. I don't know that I have an answer just yet. Um, it, now, define Disney I'll movie. start.
0: Any uh, any. Any because I don't think you can say any Pixar movie is underrated because they all get blown up. Right. So right. I'm. I guess I'm talking like, but it doesn't need to be like OG either.
1: Um, I, I don't know. There are several that I think. I think some of the best are some of the most underrated. Agreed. Is, that's uh, usually how it goes. Is Big
0: Hero Six Disney? Yeah, I got. I've never seen that.
1: It's really good. I, I've heard that's good. It was totally dwarfed by Frozen. Uh, it uh, really came out around the same time.
0: So. Most underrated Disney soundtrack. One hundred percent is Hunchback of Notre Dame. Beautiful music.
1: It's okay. Beautiful music. Never saw the movie, but terrifying I'll give the music. movie for yeah. children.
0: Um,
1: that was a stretch of of um, Disney movies that when you guys were kids, you and, and Ricky were kids. My son. Uh, yeah, for those who that are come not here, I was quite. Young. Uh, that there was a stretch there where. A lot of the Disney movies did not strike me as particularly family-friendly or, or having a ton of family values. Well, that was just
0: so. straight up like, that shouldn't have been for children, but yeah. very good music. But the most underrated Disney Hercules movie.
1: was in that same stretch. Oh, that, Hercules. You know.
0: George's favorite song right now is um, Zero to Hero. He wants to listen <laughs> to it every day. Um, Meet the Robinsons. Have you seen that?
1: I did, and I did not have any interest in seeing it. I saw it and loved it. I thought it was So great. good. Yeah.
0: I weep. Every yeah, time. Anyway, we're not talking about We were about
1: actually thing, you know, talking about serious things at, at one point. I know. We're we talking have, about elections and you know, we serious matters like whether your son has pants and now, That is
0: serious. Or whether I have laser eyes.
1: We go to laser eyes and, and <laughs>
0: Matt LASIK laser eyes. <laughs> There's a difference. Disney, Disney is underrated
1: serious. Disney Tell movies. Tell us in the comments
0: what you think the most underrated Disney movie is, because now I'm curious.
1: Yeah. So there are
0: you never answered, by the way, except for half answers. Uh,
1: I think Incredibles is still underrated. That's and, uh, not
0: underrated. Everybody's seen that. Yes,
1: but it's not known as the greatest Disney movie ever, so it's underrated.
0: Well, then literally every Disney movie <laughs> except Frozen would be considered underrated, which is not the greatest. No, Disney
1: only movie. if they are the greatest.
0: Tangled is better than Frozen. So,
1: actually, I think Enchanted is is. Uh, I don't count that. I'm saying like
0: animated. Something has to be See, animated. See, now this
1: is why I asked for definitions from you.
0: I can't think of any other non-animated feel, Disney movie right now. I feel
1: triggered now. I feel I feel like I'm don't being intimidated. Yeah. Don't talk about that today. Don't talk about that today.
0: We're going to talk about Jesus. Uh, and I would like to know now how you're going to transition from Disney movies to uh, God's perfect protection. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, some Disney movies are bigger than others, right? And it's when true. we look at, when we watch these Disney movies, there are things that kids get, and then there are things that adults get. Because kids don't understand everything that's going on there. And not only do they not understand some of the comedic references, the, the pop culture references. Uh, again, uh, Emperor's New Groove is a great example. Of some Shrek of is not
0: Disney, but that to me is like <clears throat> the ultimate, like that's an adult movie. It is,
1: yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but with each of these movies, there's there's a worldview that's mm-hmm. involved. This is why, uh, to make it real serious as a parent, this is why children cannot make their own entertainment choices mm. because kids are going to choose things that are funny fun entertaining colorful shiny and so on not some things, adults not yeah, most um not things that are going to build them they're not going to be aware of the things that are subtly undermining a christian biblical worldview so there's something bigger at play all the time and that's when we see parents um there's, there's always a, a controversy, a debate when a new Disney movie comes out because there's always, they're pushing some agenda that, that right. you know, we constantly are hearing about. Especially
0: the, in recent years. We
1: really hear about the LGBTQ stuff going on. there. <clears throat> Long before that was the issue uh, and, and that was more in the background, there was still movement um, toward um, what we would now probably call the, the moral revolution. And you'd always see those things kind of subtly pushed in small ways that,
0: we that talked kids about don't that get last week, even in Hallmark movies. Yes, the right. same, same different audience. Yeah, same. A, a
1: little bit different in that I think Hallmark is catering, and Disney is driving, and, hmm. and I could be wrong about that, uh, but that's just how I'm, uh, I'm I'm seeing it. Is is Hallmark has a niche that they fit into, and then they are getting pressured from outside, and that so then sense. they alter things to try to straddle that and and, and keep every customer. Um, not that Disney's not. Disney's pretty good at making money. But um, it it appears to be much more of a, how can we work certain things into right. this? How can we do that? Uh, honestly, watching the Arrowverse shows, uh, the DC TV shows that I've been saying on, on, weeks on CW. I was just watching it last night. Uh, <laughs> it, it feels the same way, where it's like, that doesn't need to be a part of this story, right. but you're, you're making it. You're pushing it in there. Uh, sometimes... It's an actual part of the storyline. Sometimes it's just, how can I make this? How can I get this sentence in? How can I get right. this one image on the screen? It has nothing to do with the rest of the story. But I'm going to plug it in there. And so that has, that controversy has come up with Disney a lot of the time. And the reason that, the, that it's controversial, sometimes people do get paranoid about things. I think there are certain things that um, they're not ending the world. But we do need to constantly be aware that those who do not hold to a biblical worldview hold to a non-biblical worldview. They, uh, regardless of whether they're coming from a, you know, an Eastern religion, an atheistic position, uh, from a Muslim position, whatever it is, if it's, if it's not a biblical worldview, by definition, according to what we read in Scripture, it is hostile to God. This, this world is a system of thought that is anti or without God. And so when we see, whether whether it's the music you and I were talking about before we started uh, podcasting, which we won't bring back up or I may vomit, um, and, and vomiting on podcast is not good. I would leave. Yeah, that's we'll leave that for Joe Rogan or somebody. Anyhow, um, when wow, we— that was a throwback. Oh, he's got the most, one of the most popular podcasts in America.
0: But they don't throw up on it, do they?
1: They uh, might. I don't know. I was thinking Fear Factor. That's what well, I
0: was thinking. Well, that's
1: true. I wasn't even thinking about oh, Fear Factor. Oh, that's what
0: I was thinking. Anyhow,
1: <laughs> we are so all over the map. But but in, coming back to this, there's a there's a bigger thing going on in every one of these movies that that's being played. Right. and we were talking about nineties rap and when you look at, at groups like Public Enemy and some of those that that came out at that NWA. time pushing the their, their number one thing was we're gonna make we're gonna make some beats, we're gonna make some money. But there was a bigger picture, how can we be socially conscious, whether you agree or disagree with where they were, how can we make this and be socially conscious? And then you saw the what they call the positivity stuff with uh, common and the Fuji's and, and so many that came through there. So that whole mentality was Yes, music, but there's a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. In the reality of our lives, God has a bigger picture than what we see. So in his divine protection of us, in his perfect plan for our prosperity and protection, the idea that we often have of... Our best life now? How, how is God going to bless me? How is God going to give me what I think I should have uh, and keep me from that which I think I should don't? That I should not. Those things are just so not in keeping with scripture right. at all that we totally miss it. And so as we look at Acts 27, <clears throat> we see Paul being protected by God, and yet at the same time, very specifically not being protected by God. And so when we talk about God's protection, we have to recognize that it does not mean that God is going to keep you from ever stubbing your toe, getting a cold or or whatever else.
0: Or or a lot worse.
1: Or a lot worse, like perhaps, I don't know, shipwreck or COVID or cancer or, you know, your nation no longer existing. I mean, that's happened throughout the, the history of the world. And, you know, today is election day and no, neither one of us have been able to. Well, when people hear this, it probably won't be anymore. But um,
0: hope you voted. So,
1: <laughs> but neither of us have been able to vote yet because the lines are long right. out there. I'm so going we, to. we had to get here so that right. we can get back to there. <clears throat> anyway, uh, we get all freaked out and we think, oh my gosh, you know, if this election doesn't go this way, you know, wh- whether you're pro-Trump, pro-Biden, anti-Trump, anti-Biden, which seems to be more of right. the sentiment for a lot of people. In, in in any case, it seems like so many people are like, if Trump wins, he's going to kill all black people. He, you know, He's well, going I've to slaughter all women. If Biden wins, he's going to— We'll
0: be socialist tomorrow. Be,
1: right. We're, yeah. we're going to immediately be communist, and, and everything goes away, and, and we won't be America anymore. And,
0: I've seen cities across the country uh, boarding up all the businesses because they think there's going to be— Mass riots after the election, Mm DC, Chicago, Indianapolis, New York. Everything's boarding up. It's like they're they're based on
1: 2020. I'd say that's not a bad plan, but that's it's kind of crazy, kind
0: of terrifying.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing. We we that terrifying is the right word. I think because we do get terrified. Mm -hmm. I think, oh my gosh, what what's going to happen? Well, this is a perfect
0: example of that. We have
1: to go vote right now, and everybody's got to vote, or the whole world's going to fall apart. And. You should vote. Well, there's no question about that. And uh, as you mentioned, we're both gonna vote. We both believe in voting. We need to participate as citizen Christians. But the idea of panicking over this stuff is just not biblical. It's not not Christian at all. Same thing with COVID. Uh, we're having a um, an uptick across the nation, across the country, and we're having a, a much more significant uptick here. Across in, the in world, our, in England our, just shut down. Yeah, and uh, Gary and Agent said in, in uh, Hungary they're going through the same kind of thing after bragging about how much better they do, we're doing than the U.S. But this is what's going on in, in so many places. Mm-hmm. But here locally, we're having right. a, a, a bump here that we've not seen. And we need to be wise. We need to not do dumb things. If you're sick, stay home. This should be pretty common sense even when we don't have a pandemic but when we do have a pandemic how much more so um you know i've I, been doing
0: this since march people <laughs> Well,
1: yeah i yeah. mean i saw somebody come up to a store like oh am i supposed to wear a mask well where have you been for nine <laughs> months have you, have you been in a coma did you just wake up here and and i didn't know there was a pandemic every store right. since march is you've got to wear a mask and
0: I'm not trying to make light of it. It's, it's,
1: uh I am trying to make light a little bit of the fact that people just don't pay attention to stuff. Well, but what isn't. That's light, a nice way. What isn't light at all is the fact that we, we must be prudent. We must be wise. But we must also never panic or be paranoid.
0: Well, I was just going to say, this year in general, you've got COVID, you've got the election, you've got what seems like so much civil unrest, yeah. whether it's, it's the rioting and protests or the, or the BLM movement or shootings or corrupt cops or right. whatever. It's just been one thing after another. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to write uh, in, in my articles for work that this has been an uncertain year or we're living in uncertain times and uncertain 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 and i've used that word so many times uh because it's what you know people want in their prompts or whatever Mm -hmm. but that uncertainty for so many myself included at times elicits fear and there are times where you'll see something on the news, you see a city up in flames pretty right. much. Yeah. That's scary to, to or all see. all of
1: California in flames. Right.
0: right, but I'm talking like from a riot, from specifically. Riots, yeah. You think, wow, people are doing this. I right. mean, setting cars on fire, setting buildings on fire. And that's a scary sight. It, it looks like something otherworldly or that you'd see out of a movie right. or whatever. Absolutely. And that is scary. So, I mean.
1: I almost made a Marvel reference, but you didn't watch I the movie, so it. never mind. What movie? Um, it's from Infinity War, I think. One of no, the I wouldn't, I wouldn't one of it. the later ones.
0: Anyway, so I'm not saying. I mean, maybe I'm in the wrong here because I get scared at times, mm. and I I I know that God is in this and God is protecting me sure. and protecting all of us. But when you see the images, and I guess I'm just sticking with this year because this year is enough. Mm. Um, when you see these images. It's hard not to be scared. I went through a personal situation last year where I was terrified most of the time. Hmm. Um, And no one likes feeling that way. No one wants to be scared. No one wants to feel uncertain. Um, So what... You said on Sunday, and you've said it before, uh, the old saying that, uh, you know, God never gives us more than we can handle. And that's proven to be not true. Right, And absolutely. we've talked before about you're not going to change and you're not going to move forward. And
1: that is specifically, I mean, it's not just that it's proven untrue. There is no place in Scripture that you can come up with that. That's it's it's just not a biblical picture. We want this people cushiness. go crazy with this thing. Quote it as if it's the word of God. Get right up there with the Lord helps those who helps themselves. Also Shakespeare, not scripture. But as, as we're looking at at that idea that God doesn't give us more than we can handle, you have to throw while, throw out most of the Bible
0: mm-hmm. because look at the people in the Bible and what right? they went through. And what they overcame, and what God did for them as a result of those struggles. And
1: He tells Israel in particular over and over, "I'm going to do this because you can't handle it." Right. I'm paraphrasing, of right. course, but but saying, "You're this is going to be more than you can handle," right. on purpose, so that you will learn and come back to me.
0: You told me that. Multiple times over the last couple of years, when mm-hmm. I was going through my garbage, because I—I don't know if you've noticed, but I like controlling things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like, you know, I and, didn't notice. I don't like group projects. I like to know what's going on, and I mm-hmm. like to be in charge of it. And and uh, I was going through a divorce and some custody garbage and whatever. And you basically told me that I needed to let go and I didn't want to, and I still don't want to at certain Sometimes points. Sometimes I'm kind of a jerk, huh? Yeah, what gives? <laughs> You're supposed to be nice. Um, no, and I, I've said that with family members of mine, and I've said that to friends of mine or whatever, and they don't. No one likes to hear that. You have sure. to just, and I'm not saying, you know, people say, let go and let God. I'm. That just seems like another trite saying to me right. when you put it like yeah. that.
1: It's not that it's not true, it's just very small.
0: Right, it seems, sounds like a bumper sticker.
1: Right, as if there's nothing for us to do.
0: Right, and so fear, I think, makes us want to cling to the comforts that we know even more so. And so then it makes it easy to say, where is God in all of this? He's not providing me the comfort that I want. How could a, we've said this before, how could a loving God allow this to happen? Blah, blah, blah. So explain. I mean, I, I, what we've talked about on Sunday, but I, for those of you who haven't listened yet, I mean, I think it's important, especially in the climate that we're in today, to, to talk about why the importance of this protection and how it probably isn't what we want. I mean, not what we want, but what we yeah. expect, maybe. Well,
1: you know, as you are talking about this, before before we kind of recap a little bit, um, I was thinking as you were saying this, how many people have we seen? And I'm sure most people that are on social media have seen posts along this line that... Um, I'm trying not to say conspiracy theories because it's it's a little bigger than that where folks are so wrapped up in, this is the end times, this is the end times, it's the end times. Yes, and it's been the end times since Jesus left and the church began. Does that mean Jesus is coming back tomorrow? No, might, but that's not what we're talking about. You
0: don't know, I don't know. Does,
1: does it mean that you know, we're, we're, the Antichrist is out there, he's Bill Gates, he's whoever else Barack you Obama. want to, whatever other <coughs> silly thing people have come up with. Um, listen, when the Antichrist is here, you're going to know it. It's not going to be a surprise. We're all going to see it. There will be an abomination that causes desolation. We're going to see the, the, uh, the entire world unified. That's the thing that we don't get is <laughs> as we watch these things, there is a picture of world unification, not dissension, but coming together, come out of dissension and come together in a unity apart from Christ. This is what makes it Antichrist. And only believers will stand, those who are here. There, there won't be a, this accidental Mark of the Beast kind of thing, mm-hmm. but people get so freaked out and so paranoid about every little thing. Every time something happens in, in the Middle East, which is, by the way, every single day, it may not be getting reported every day. That's the difference. Is your your news media reports
0: here in America? But there
1: is always something happening, and it's always part of the big story. But Jesus Himself said very clearly in Matthew and in Luke. Paul said it. We, we don't freak out. These things have to happen. They're going to happen. You're not going to stop them from happening. Stop like you're going to stop the end from coming this is That's what all, this is what all of history is moving toward there is an end point by god's design and it will end exactly when and how he decided but in the midst of all of this stuff people are running around like chickens with their heads cut off just you know no no sense and all kinds of movement with sound and fury and no real power to what they're saying And we have to get our minds aligned with the reality that God has laid out before us and when we get our thoughts lined up with God's word then our feelings will begin to line up with what is actually real rather than what appears real
0: so god's plan from start to finish is flawless yes so but but there's sin in the world yes <laughs> Here's where my fragile little mind has a, has a problem.
1: We all have that,
0: right? Do you get what I'm, do you know what I'm going to say then I telepathically? So. Um,
1: yes, because I'm equally fragile of mind.
0: <laughs> if God's plan is perfect, which I wholeheartedly believe it is, yes, uh, I understand the the struggle of sin and why things are the way they are because of that. Mm-hmm. But why? But <laughs> really, why? Uh, why the struggles? Uh, when we, cause, because as a human being...
1: George's 3, right? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: That question comes up a lot. Why? Yeah. Why?
0: Uh, as, as a human, <laughs> when I hear the word perfect, mm. I think no struggles, no problems, mm-hmm. no blemishes, no whatever. And I know God's plan is perfect. So those two things, you know, does not compute, short circuits my brain. Right. So, explain to me. <laughs> uh,
1: as, as a three-year-old would ask why a lot, I will answer the way we might do that. You're going to tell? Because.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> it just is. Because I said so. Because I said so. And ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Why? Because God said so. And what makes it perfect? The fact that God said so. So, when the Creator, who is in control, uh, allows things to happen that he could stop, mm-hmm. and this is where people get into a lot of theological debates, well, does God cause this, and so on. So we're thinking from a human perspective, and like you said, that it's going to short-circuit our brain. We're not, we're not, it's above our pay grade. We're not wired for that in the same way. So when God, who created a perfect world and could have made this world without sin, allowed us to sin, Knowing before he allowed us to sin that we would sin,
0: I've ta- I've had conversations on this. Why did God create the devil? You know why? why right.
1: So <laughs>
0: he knew that would when, happen when
1: he created Lucifer. and right. Created the angels. God knew there would be this rebellion. He allowed it to happen. Right. That seems like mind blowing. Right. right. And then we often will answer. I know we're getting that. a little
0: off topic, but I think this leads to well, what I, I,
1: where... I, you know, again, everything kind of comes back right, together right. in this this unity of thought, but. Uh, as, as we answer those questions, we generally answer them from a human perspective. Right. And we often answer them with answers we are not given.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: when people say, well, God allowed this because he allows us free will, because if he didn't allow free will, we'd be robots, and He doesn't. God doesn't want us to be robots, and he doesn't want that kind of a thing. That's a whole lot of speculation, considering none of that is in the Bible at all. Mm. What we get from God most often with those questions, when we get to those upper-level questions, Job comes to mind, uh, Habakkuk comes to mind. When we say, God, you got some explaining to do, he says, no, I don't. I'm God. You're not. Sit down. Shut up. Listen. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. And your job, as my as my grandfather used to say, your job is not to reason why; you're just but to do or die. Uh, and so, that I say that tongue in cheek, but that's kind of it. Is our our purpose is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. He created us for a relationship with Him. Sin separates us from that relationship. We don't have to know why God does what He does on His side of the curtain to know that He's still God. And I'm not. So people wrestle with that when it comes to uh, his sovereign election of of who is saved and who is not. You know we talk about predestination versus free will. And we worship the idol of free will, of of human-centered agency. And without question, we can read in the scripture, we can know in our lives there is a certain degree, a certain uh, realm of agency that we have uh, with what we might call free will. But it's not usually what we think of as free will where there are no restrictions on it. So ultimately, when two beings have free will, then they have the possibility of one's free will canceling out the other's free will. Mm -hmm. Well, then neither of them have free will, or at least only one. So the same thing is true here. If God is sovereign, then no one, if he's sovereign and all-powerful, he can do anything he wants, and anything he wants done is done, then no one else besides God can truly ultimately have that level of free will. So we need to kind of throw aside our our humanist-type thinking, this idea that we are the center of the universe. On the other hand, we are the pinnacle of creation. God created us as his highest level of creation. And so we have folks often telling us from competing worldviews that, you know, we have free will, we have to have free will, we, God doesn't, you know, and you see this in a lot of the superhero movies, that the all powerful being cannot determine our, uh, our future. I'm in control of my own destiny. Mm -hmm. I am the captain of my soul. So as, as we have that same thing, we're also being told regularly, you're no more important than the, the animals out there. You're no more important than the rest of creation. There's nothing special about you as a human being. Well, those are competing thoughts that are self-contradictory. You can't be at the at one hand the, the center of the universe and on the other irrelevant and, right. and not, not important. So <clears throat> anyhow, God, being God, ha- does a lot of things that we don't get. Mm. And the... What it comes down to is even if he were, and this is what he said to Habakkuk, and then he does tell Habakkuk, and and it just is funny to me, Habakkuk's only got three chapters, and he complains to God, Israel's got all kinds of corruption, the priests are corrupt, the leadership's corrupt, everybody's corrupt, sin everywhere. And he's like, why is there so much sin in the land? Why aren't you doing something about it? And God says, well, I'm going to do something about it, and I'm going to do something you wouldn't you wouldn't believe even if somebody told you. And then he tells him and he doesn't believe. It. You know, it's like, oh, well, how about that? God knew what he's talking about. So he says, I'm gonna bring in the wicked Babylonians, these ungodly Gentiles, they're gonna come and they're gonna wipe out the nation and take you into exile. Oh my goodness, God, how could you do that? You know, because I I can't believe it. God explained it to him and he still didn't get it. Ultimately, when God explains the, you know what he's saying, Habakkuk comes to the conclusion, you're God. Uh, You know what you're doing. I shouldn't have said this. When Job goes through everything that that Job went through, and he's defending God, but he's defending God from his own point of view rather than from God's, at the end, God shows up. And he rebukes Job's friends, or I guess maybe condemns is a better word for it, but but he actually rebukes Job. We forget that a lot of the time. He shows up after Job's saying, look, I didn't do anything wrong. If God would just show up, he would vindicate me. God shows up, and Job covers his mouth and says, Well, what have I done? Okay. I spoke about things I didn't understand. And that's kind of where we are as humans, is we want answers to questions that we are not capable of getting even if God gave us an absolute perfect explanation. We couldn't process it. In the same way, going coming full circle with the illustration, in the same way that your your preschool child
0: right. well, so cannot possibly
1: say, right. understand your reasoning for the things that that you do, I'm, and we mentioned Disney movies when you were a child and my children were children. Uh, now all my children are old, almost as old as you.
0: <laughs> just joking. I, was,
1: I say this as the old guy sitting here. Uh, anyway, I'm
0: almost a thirty-three year old lady. See,
1: and it, and it works well for you. <laughs> so. <laughs> I remember thirty-three. That was <laughs> so long ago. It's but seventy-six. But when I'm raising my younger children, there were times when, uh, with Ricky in particular, as the oldest, because you know I'm still learning as well, when uh, we didn't let him watch some of those Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Said, so, no, "Sorry, we can't do that. Uh, we're going to err on the side of caution." Now, since then, I think all the kids have seen all those movies, but we're going to err on the side of caution. Why? Why, Dad? Well, all my friends are seeing it. You don't have to understand it. You can't fully understand it. You're not equipped to see it the same way I'm able to see it. Well,
0: right. I've seen Disney movies or whatever or kids' shows or whatever now that were out when I was a kid. And I see them now as an adult. And I'm like, whoa. Kids shouldn't be watching that. And And I'm not
1: saying I always got it right as a parent. No, I get that. God does.
0: When you use that illustration, you know, I think about my own mom, uh, when I was growing up, and she was known, I think even among my friends as the strict mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't always get to do everything that my that my friends at the time did. I didn't go to parties, and I mean, I wasn't super into that stuff anyway. I was kind of a homebody, mm-hmm. um, but my mom, you know when sh- when i when i did go to things you need to tell me where you are what you're doing where you're going to be da da da, da, da. i was at, there were expectations mm-hmm. and at the time i probably rolled my eyes and thought you know i'm 17 you don't know what you're talking about right.
1: um, i'm old enough to take care of myself right. i'm responsible or, or when you need I, to respect me as an adult right you know? or
0: when and i wanted my voice to be heard i wanted mm-hmm. i wanted to be taken seriously i thought i was important uh, and so when I couldn't do things or when I was disciplined or whatever, uh, I didn't understand that either. And now looking at it from a different perspective as a parent, I see that. And I'm never obviously going to be in the situation that God is in, but seeing it from that parent-child perspective makes it a little easier to understand that I don't need to know everything right now Mm. if I do know that it is for my good,
1: and it doesn't mean that that we don't want to know, and it doesn't mean that we shouldn't, to the best that we're able, try to figure it out, try to find out. But we do have to, just like a kid. Part of George's growth as a three-year-old now, wow, it's hard to believe. Uh, part of George's growth is constantly exploring, constantly pushing, and that, constantly that, is the right word. That, that doesn't mean. It's okay for our children to do whatever you know they're supposed to, you know, explore and right. you know, all that kind of stuff. So we let them be disrespectful. Right. No, right, right. I, I see that boundaries. too often. Part of their pushing boundaries is learning that there are boundaries. Right. And that we have the job of enforcing them. And God does that with us. It's a very, very good illustration for us. It's imperfect as all illustrations are gonna be, but um, but that idea that he has to keep pushing the boundaries and exploring in order to grow, to be a fully functioning adult. We see this really, because we really see it among teenagers, because teenagers are essentially just taller two-year-olds. And they're, the nature of being a teenager, as I'm developing maturity, I'm growing closer to that. Is should be, and I question it at times these days, but should be that drive to adulthood, to mm-hmm. to try to... Um, to develop more, to understand more, and that's going to inevitably involve some headbutting as we as we go along.
0: Like well, and the, I think it also involves in your teenage <clears throat> years and maybe collegiate years uh, making mistakes for sure and going through struggles. Whether that's you you make the mistake of drinking in high school or you get your heart broken for the first time or whatever It's, it's those years, there's a lot of pain and a lot of uh, and we can
1: avoid a lot of that right. pain by learning from other people's mistakes right. and from the wisdom of our parents but we, we own it when we come up against the wisdom of our parents the rules, the mm-hmm. boundaries and we wrestle with them mm-hmm. and we can do that without violating we can do that without if you will, sinning Um, but we often don't. And so our parents, as good parents, will allow us progressive uh, levels of freedom where they give us the freedom to make our own mistakes, and yet they protect us from ultimate mistakes. Mm -hmm. So our parents might uh, uh, say, okay, you're 13. No, I'm sorry, you can't go to the mall with your friends. Uh, you're 15. You know what? You can go to the mall with your friends, but I need a call at this time. Right. I need to know exactly where you are.
0: Who you're with. Uh, you know,
1: whatever. all those kinds right. of things. You're 18. Now you're working at the mall. You know, right. they're just right, right, th- right. those different kinds of things. So you can tell i a child of the 80s when we had malls that people actually went to. So um, the, as we see that same parallel, the same thing happens as the Lord is dealing with us. He allows things in our lives for our good, just as our parents will allow us to make mistakes for our good, for our growth. And ultimately, it's for his glory. That's where all of this is culminating. And so even what the devil is doing, I I got a question about this yesterday, and we didn't take the time to develop it, so I just will briefly mention it right now. I got a question yesterday so, with all of this, if God is in control of all this stuff and, and we don't need to panic and, and so on and so meaning forth,
0: meaning what's going on right now? Yeah,
1: with everything, whatever it is, whatever. Paul's shipwreck, uh, you know, where is the devil in all this? Mm. You know, it is, is this a real thing that we need to be concerned about? Yes, the devil is real, personal, and active and is seeking to destroy us at every turn. However, even what the devil is doing, uh, God knows before the devil knows. Before the devil knows he's going to do it, God already has a plan for this. And so it's not a reactionary plan, but what, and we talked about this a while back, uh, what the enemy has intended as a weapon, God has ordained as a tool. And so he's going to use even our foolishness and foibles even our uh, sinfulness even our rebellion to work something better out
0: well it's easy to say when when bad things are happening in our lives that it's the devil it's it's always the right. devil yeah. whenever there's something bad happening and that may not always necessarily be true no
1: and, and <laughs> in fact there are a lot of times and again going back to the book of Job uh, we see in the beginning of the book of Job that the devil comes to the Lord and asks permission to do these things to Job, and God gives him permission to do it. But then throughout the book, uh, when God shows up, he says, I did this. And even in the early chapters, when, when the devil is going to wreak havoc in Job's life, Job's life, as it's described by the writer, we believe Moses, as this is described, it, it said, God did this. God does this. God does not shy away from his ownership of all things. Right. And so even what the devil is doing to try to hurt God, God still is sovereign over that. Mm-hmm. So when we see things like, you know, Romans 8 28, that God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, <clears throat> He's He's working all things together, and it's all good for those who love Him. That even the things that are against Him, he is using to build his people and to bring about his ultimate glory. And so later on in Romans, in chapter 9, we'll we'll see him talking about how Pharaoh was raised up and his heart was hardened, specifically for the purpose of delivering the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. So as Pharaoh sinned and rebelled against God, God was active in that. I don't understand how that works. I'm not going to understand how that works until I'm face-to-face with him. And then I'll either understand or it won't matter because I'll fully understand what submission is at that point. But in, in, in Romans 9, he says, so what if the people who are objects of wrath are that, specifically so that you, as an object of mercy, can find that mercy? In other words, God's doing all of this stuff because he has a plan that you don't get. Jeremiah 2911 it gets quoted a lot of times about as, as a prosperity verse, but it's really not it's a it's an exile verse. God's saying, I'm sending you into exile, you're in exile in Babylon. stop listening to the false teachers who are telling you everything's going to be good and you can have your you know your, your peace and and I'm on your side no, I'm not I'm against you and you need to understand that. but ultimately I'm for you because I know the plans that I have for you and when this time of suffering is completed and make no mistake, it is a time of suffering. Buckle up, kid, because it's going to get rough. When that's done, I'll bring you back because I have plans. And you will seek me with all your heart. And when you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. All of this is to bring you to that place. That is really a good lens through which to look at all of history and, and our personal history as well, that God is working out the plans that he knows that I don't know so that he can bring about his greater purpose in me, which involves suffering to be able to get to glory, which was our our memory verse from Romans 8.18 was that Paul, same guy that's shipwrecked in in Acts 27, uh, writes long before this, so the mentality is already there. This is why Paul keeps his head when everybody else is freaking out. Yep, same shipwreck. I'm going down too. <laughs> he's, it, it's all just as bad for Paul as everybody else. But he's stable-minded and calm through this. Why? Because he determined long time ago, <laughs> I consider that our present sufferings aren't even worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. God's got a plan. And if it involves a shipwreck, great. If it involves COVID, great. If it involves my candidate losing the election, great. If it involves my death, great. Because ultimately, I am still on this pilgrim journey working toward a glory that will make all of this a distant memory and not worth even
0: comparing. We'll stop there because we're 10 minutes over. But. yeah, I think this is relevant. It's always relevant. But I think especially... God's word
1: has a funny way of being that. It's
0: strange, isn't it? Um, I think especially today, like, like we said earlier, you may not be watching this on Election Day, but uh, today is Election Day. And I think during these times where, especially these last several weeks leading up to this, there has been a lot of, I hate to use the word again, but a lot of uncertainty, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of fear, a lot of anger, a lot of whatever other emotion you want to throw in there. Uh, so this is, I believe this section of Acts was uh, very poignant and fitting and relevant uh, for the situation we're currently in. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation. And if you haven't yet, uh, listen to the Sermon on, from Sunday. Sermon. The Sermon from Sunday, it's uh, available on the podcast, and you can check it out on our Facebook page uh, if you want to watch the live streamed version. So do you have anything else that you want to say? You
1: know, just remember that God does have big plans for us, and and. It, they are plans for the welfare of his children, and his plans for our welfare are bigger than, than our own understanding or our ability to understand it. So his protection for us and of us is perfect, even when it doesn't feel like it. So there's that. And we would have probably not been 10 minutes over if we didn't spend 10 minutes talking about Disney. It was so
0: five. I looked. Um, okay. <laughs> so we've talked for 35 minutes. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys have any questions, comments, feel free to leave us. Those on Facebook or YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts from, uh, you can send us an email at somethingrealatreallifeonline.org or give us a call at two six nine seven five rlcc Or I'm still waiting for the carrier pigeon. Uh, but it's about to get cold, so maybe don't send them. <laughs> and we, other than that, we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.